1: Today is November 26th, and this is your Network Live News Minute. Iran's new naval commander has vowed to send warships to America's backyard. Russia's UN ambassador said Wednesday, the expert body that has determined responsibility for chemical weapons attacks in Syria is dead. But Moscow is ready to discuss a new mechanism. U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson asked Saudi Arabia to ease its blockade of Yemen. Two sources said just days before the Saudi-led military coalition announced on Wednesday it would let aid flow through the Yemeni port of Hodada and allow U.N. flights to the capital. Russian President Vladimir Putin is in talks with leaders of Turkey and Iran to end the civil war in Syria that's been raging since 2011. This, This has been your Network Live News Minute. I'm Lynn Ferris reporting. Our passion is to help people all across the world succeed in marriage, relationships, and we're doing that. That excites me to think that we can all be about something to change the tide of what's going on in in America with marriages and family. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage. I want you to listen to that. Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen Evans on Daystar.
0: Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing a message from author and speaker Lance Walnow. USA Today reports that Lance is one of only three evangelical leaders to have accurately predicted Donald Trump's presidency while running against 15 opponents. Dr. Walnow's best selling book, God's Chaos Candidate, explains the global shift that accompanies Trump's unexpected electoral upset. God is working in new and unprecedented ways among the nations. Dr. Wallnow has shared platforms with best-selling authors Ken Blanchard and John Maxwell and lectured at universities from Harvard and MIT to London School of Theology. Merging a 30-year background consulting in business and the nonprofit sector, Lance inspires Vision of Tomorrow with the Clarity of Today, Connecting Ideas to Action. He currently directs the Lance Learning Group, a strategic teaching and consulting company based in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Walnow is a frequent television guest and conference keynote speaker. Stay tuned to the network live. You won't want to miss this opportunity to hear from Lance Walnow.
1: Life. It's meant to be lived fully. Jesus said it. I came to give you life. Life to the fullest. Life in your
0: family. Life in your finances. Life in your body, mind, and spirit. Life in your everyday. At CBN.com, we're taking what Jesus said seriously. We're here to help you discover life. Life. Live it fully. CBN.com Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Thank you for being with us today. Today on The Network Live, we'll be hearing a message from Lance Walnow's series America Shall Be Saved. Here's Lance.
1: Hi, this is Lance, and welcome to our final week in our really cool series here on what God is actually saying right now in this year of Reformation, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And I'm really happy that we were able to do this because the word of the Lord is that apostolic hubs, apostolic networking is uh, happening all over the country. I know of organizations that are coming into existence right now and relationships that are forming right now that are all really fresh because the Spirit of the Lord is knitting together a net, if you will, to catch His purpose for the nations. And His uh, it's interesting that the word for equipping the saints is the same word that is used in the Greek for where Peter and Andrew and John, where they were mending their nets in order to catch the harvest of fish that was about to come into their boats. So God is equipping us with some new ideas. Central to that is the realization that we are not in the move of God that was in the 90s or the last decade. It's a bit frustrating at times for many of you, I'm sure, feeling a concern for your country in the future and wondering, what is God doing? And I'm sorry that the eschatology that we've all been taught has created so much unnecessary escapism. Because Jeremiah was told, when the children of Israel find themselves in Babylon, they're to seek the welfare of the cities in which they find themselves, because in their welfare is your welfare. And I think the church, to a great degree, has not known how to engage the welfare of the nation that they're in. They pray for it. They lament its problems. But you are the solution to the problem. You're the one who's anointed. You have the anointing to solve problems. You have anointing to cast out devils. I think that we think the teaching of Jesus was just like, uh, you know, the epileptic kid getting the demon cast out. Well, that's the manifestation of it in its most in its, in its rugged form as Jesus the Messiah delivered people. But you're called to cast out devils out of institutions, organizations, people's thinking, and situations where God puts you. The kingdom of heaven advances through the, 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 Jesus said this, if I by the finger of God cast out devils, then no doubt the kingdom has come nigh unto you. You know what that means? The kingdom advancing is a deliverance force. Let me say that again. The advancing kingdom is a deliverance force in the earth. In people, the kingdom advances and delivers minds from the, um, manipulation and the lies of the enemy in institutions you'll see reform coming to the way institutions think we're in a collision right now for control of the narrative of nations and the ultimate belief systems of the the populations we've got a billion christians on planet earth that have never been mobilized to touch their nations what an amazing move of god we're about to see as bone comes to bone and the anointing begins to knit together the Joshuas that actually cross over and take territory. And I'm just going to dive right into the important uh, five, six-step process that uh, the Lord showed me when I was in Bend, Oregon. I was at this meeting called Hub Nation. And sometimes you have to be in an environment to get a revelation. The Lord would speak to the prophets, for instance, and say, go down to the potter's house, and there I will speak to you. There are some times when you have to literally go somewhere in order to access that which the Father wants to show you. And um, I've discovered that uh, times when I've had to go to Beijing or I had to go to Washington or I had to go into a hostile environment at Harvard or other campuses. And it's as though what the Lord wanted me to learn, I couldn't learn without getting the proximity to the geography where I was going to learn it. And uh, I was in Bend, Oregon, and it, I had this kind of like heaviness came over me on my last session, right before the last session. And I couldn't explain it to you, but it was kind of like... uh uh, like a depression, but the pastor's wife was so skillful, almost like a surgeon. She said, how you doing? And, you know, normally I'll just have a confession that's, uh, you know, well, I'm looking forward to tonight because I am looking forward to seeing what God's going to do. But I told her, I said, you know, I'm feeling a little bit discouraged, to be honest with you. And she said, why? And I said, I'm not sure. I think it's because I've been here before. I've been at this level where everybody's excited, everybody's motivated. I'm kind of like sharing the concepts that I teach and there's this sense of anticipation and desire to go forward but we need real specific left foot right foot what do we do next thinking and I have not ever really been able to um, find the place where where I'm at liberty to do it and frankly I think that it's overdue and so she sat down with me in the office about a half an hour before the meeting and just asked me questions And you know what came out of that? And It was so interesting. It's almost like for me to release what the Lord had in me, I had to have the right person dialoguing with me to help me unpack what was in here so that I could get it clear. And here's the first thing that came to uh, our awareness. Imagine, though, that we have our seven mountains over here. And um, the first step is establishing a prayer canopy over... The spheres that you are called to influence, so if you 're interested if you 're in a city like in Bend, Oregon, they could literally look at the seven spheres who do they who is in business, who is in politics, who is in arts and here 's the amazing thing no one in America that I saw that is talking to seven Mountains has ever done this I mean in a sense we 're like almost behind other nations, which is why sheep nations are going to be breaking forth in other countries, I think provoking us to jealousy on what we 've got to do with our own country. But uh, in Iran, of all places, Iran, would you have thought this? There's a revival going on. Now, the government is hostile, and the government is dangerous, in my opinion. But um, the church is in a revival and, and expanding radically. And they took this teaching on the Seven Mountains. You know what they did? They put together an assessment. I saw it from a minister who was meeting with the Iranians. They have, here's what they did. They did a prayer canopy analysis of the seven mountains and who the top three influence shapers and decision makers are at the top of the mountains at the gates of influence. The top religious leaders, the top community organizers, the top uh, or mayors, the top government officials, uh, the top educators, professors and university uh, thought leaders, the top media personalities, the top um, you know, uh, business leaders and financial people, and the, the, they looked at that and they started. And I'm not saying this is all there is. I mean, you could go with the top judiciary people, the, the top, you know, uh, journalists. But they, this is what they did, and they took their top three artists, their top three celebrities, athletes, and personalities. And what they did is they began to associate them with praying specifically for God to come into those lives to bring the revelation of Jesus Christ. Also, they did something else which is interesting. They established a prayer canopy over the nation. And as they established that canopy over the nation, they... um, They put names to those individuals, and then they looked at what is the battle uh, of wickedness that is in that place. Where is the evil, and where is God? And so they are specifically focusing on the conversion of those individuals, and what is the major conflict or issue that needs to be established in those mountains. So that's Iranians doing that. Americans haven't even done that. So I don't know if there's a single 7M uh, group that's praying effectively for their own city. I think we're crisis prayer people. I think we look at news media and respond with anxiety and praise, powerful prayers. I think proactively we ought to be identifying who are the kings sitting at the gates. Because why? We are told to pray for rulers and those that are in authority. Isn't that what the scripture says? Pray for those that are rulers and those that are in authority that we may lead a godly and peaceable life. First Timothy chapter two, verse one. Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for those who are in authority. So, so grab that. The first step is Get your sphere down. I say in a city, you ought to identify, start identifying who the movers and shakers are because you're going to target kings. You're supposed to go to kings. You're supposed to be at the top of the gates of influence, so you're going to meet them anyway. And if you're just in one sphere, which is okay, who are the leaders in the organization? Pray for the leaders. Get an idea of who they are. Pray for rulers and those who are in authority that we may lead a godly and peaceable life. We ought to always be praying. For the President of the United States and for the advisors that surround him. And uh, then we move on into these other other prayers. Step two, I want to get there real fast, because uh, we have to identify what sphere do you have authority and where's your jurisdiction? Because your authority is going to be highest in the area of your assignment. Uh, I can't go into my neighbor's house and tell him how to raise his kids. I can't go into another guy's business and tell him how to do his bookkeeping. But I can go into my business and I can talk to my family. Why? I have sphere authority within the jurisdiction that God has given me. Therefore, I have faith and I have authority for the uh, measure of rule, the assignment, the sphere that I'm responsible for. you got to know the territory God's called you to. You have to be uh, understand the jurisdiction that you have is in an assigned sphere. So, what sphere are you in? What sphere of influence? What what is the what is the parameter of what uh, industry field or calling that you're in? And then, where do you see yourself in the future? Because what you want to do is you want to see how to become more of a problem solver, more of an influencer, more of a person who can shift the atmosphere. Defining the problem within your organization that needs to be solved, defining the things that need to be changed, opens you up in, in your gifting for God to start to reveal to you solutions to those problems. So I'm, I attract, not surprisingly a lot of uh, of rabbis, a lot of teachers, a lot of consultants, a lot of coaches, a lot of leaders, a lot of communicators a lot of, which is fun because the great Commission is to go into all the world and teach. So how fun is it when you get a hold of a revelation that God's actually calling you to go into systems to change them and that you do it through largely through inspiration influence and and uh, and the word you know the ability to communicate ideas that can change the uh, situation. So here's uh, here's the step two. What sphere are you in? You have to know what the sphere of your assignment is. You have to establish a prayer canopy over the territory that you're going into you establish the prayer canopy first establish the prayer canopy i literally walked around businesses When i was a corporate consultant in of all places babylon new york that's where i worked, babylon new york and i would walk around i'd walk around inside the building and i walked through at the end of the day but i was actually praying and walking the territory praying and walking the territory i didn't even know why i was doing it but i just felt led by the spirit to do it and strangely enough it increased my authority within that territory I'll give you a little quote right now, which is in the training that we do. And the quote is this. um, If you are the only Christian in your organization, it doesn't matter where you are on the uh, hierarchy of the flow chart. Because you could be the lowliest ranking believer in the organization you're in. But if you're the only believer, you're the highest ranking spiritual authority. Let me say that again. You may be a janitor sweeping out the school. You may be a substitute teacher in the building. You may be a private in the barracks. You may be a rookie on the sports team. But if you are the believer in that area then you 're the highest ranking spiritual authority. the devil respects your prayers in the name of Jesus under the anointing more than they respect the uh, cussing and and willfulness of other people who have positional authority so you 've got to use that authority that 's why it 's important to know uh, what the sphere is that you are what, what sphere you 're in the third step, which is critical how do you move to sphere preeminence because the nature of God for you is to him who has more be given, and the idea of rewards in heaven is responsibility. You know, if you have two talents and you multiply, I'm going to give you five talents, and if you trade your talents properly, I'm going to give you cities. In other words, there's the way that God rewards us is with stewardship over outcomes, stewardship over results, stewardship over harvest. I mean, if you really get down to it, the way that heaven uh, exhibits rewards is responsibility to steward the King's interests and so it's not about you it's about producing results for the one you serve Therefore, in step three, you want to have sphere preeminence. You want to go to the top of your mountain. In other words, Abraham was called to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You're not called to be above everyone. You're called to be at the top of your game. That means everyone's not supposed to be a mayor. Everyone's not supposed to be a CEO. In fact, Daniel and Joseph would have been out of the will of God if they bumped off the king and took the throne. Because their job was to actually serve and facilitate heathen rulers. There's something crazy for you. Sometimes your job is to be the number one servant to somebody who doesn't know God, who God put in a position, so you would have the power of influence to complement their power of decision. They've got the ability to write the check. You have the ability to persuade who gets the check. That's a powerful role to play. The power of influence is sometimes greater than the power of the crown itself. So um, this, this, this step is very important how are you going to go to the top of your game and uh, that's where you know we focus on the the teaching uh, that has been uh, almost like you know siphon to to death and talking about favor but really favor if you understand it's the attraction of god to you that releases an influence through you so that other people are inclined to like trust or cooperate with you in the assignment god gave you and so, um, favor is force multiplied when it's on assignments versus when it's on a person. So some of you can be praying for favor, which is good. You got a measure of it for you. It's fine. You can, you know, find that parking spot at Christmas when all the parking is full and pray for favor and then find a parking spot. That's where I started, just praying for parking spots. But gradually I began to realize I needed favor with rulers and leaders. And you don't need favor with everybody. You only need favor with one person to open the door. So at this point, I want to talk to you about that. uh, And and we have verses that go with each of these. But God gave Joseph favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh. You only need favor in the sight of the right person. You don't need favor in the sight of everyone. So you can't run a miscongeniality contest and worry about what everybody thinks. Uh, But the fourth step is preeminence comes through wisdom and favor and the expansion of responsibility. But uh, as you're moving into the fourth step, you're now moving towards the top of your game and where and, and where we're moving in proximity to that place, you're going to get hit more with more resistance. And so now you need what's called a force multiplier, not just favor, not just wisdom, but the power of agreement. I taught you about the power of agreement. The greatest power in your life is what you agree with. But sometimes your agreement wavers, which is why the Bible says if two or more of you shall agree is touching anything. So maybe your, way, your agreement is starting to get beat down a little bit, but someone else would say, hold on, and they're there to hold you up. That's the power of two or three that are in unity around an outcome. So that agreement is powerful. That force multiplier of agreement, I call, uh, you could call it a prayer group. You could call it your, you know, your intercessory group. But I prefer to call it a micro ecclesia, a micro-church because you see, an ecclesia is the called-out government of Jesus in a certain sphere. So when you're with two or three other people assigned to the same government, or the same office, or the same business, if you can find people that are assigned to you, if family members can be in that sphere, if you can get two or three of you agreeing together as touching something, you're really, uh, you're, you're, Jesus is in the midst of you as a legislating force. You're beginning to operate as an ecclesia. And so I call it a micro church micro churches is, is uh, Daniel 217 is the is the patron saint verse for this because Daniel was in Babylon he was in proximity to the throne of the king and I talk to people today I talk to people all the time that I work with in governments and uh, you know they, they all want to have and it's not wrong they want to have prayer rooms you know in the government facilities and I say that's fine But, you know, you got prayer rooms in the government facility. Here's to say people aren't going to be, you know, listening to you, suspicious of what you're doing spying on you. That's okay. But far better for you to have, like Daniel, he gathered with his friends in his house. So your home, your condo, your place of living is the place where you meet with your microchurch. And that's where in Daniel 2.17, Daniel was given insight and revelation by the gifts of the Spirit into solving a problem that his boss had that no one else could solve. And that was how favor and wisdom promoted him. Later on in the verse, it tells us, uh, to the king's gate. So the fourth step is the force multiplier of agreement through meeting people who God leads you to, whose agreement with you becomes a micro church, an ecclesia, legislating the will of God with greater authority and uh, holding you up. And so um, the step five is uh, where that um, you know uh, the micro church uh, is uh, is operating in proximity to those areas of influence, and you're starting to um, you're starting to move more in the company of peers and people that are going to come into your life that are part of the building of the future. They're key carriers and components in implementing what God's called you to do. And uh, the final thought here is uh, moving into this uh, last stage of occupying the, uh, the 7M strategy for, for communities. It's being able to be led by the Spirit in the ongoing communion of God with you. Jesus says in John chapter 5.17, My Father is working until now, and I am working. In other words the the real way of success is being led of the Spirit and to be led of the Spirit you actually have to be able to discover what it is that the Father is doing that he is inviting you to join him in it's not getting in front of the Spirit but basically following what the Spirit's doing and this is a great mystery because in many ways God puts his desire in your heart and you have to constantly be checking to see is this something I want to do or is this something the Father is calling me to do and that's, that's it. That's being led by the Spirit is really an art. But you see, when you have that confirmation, that prayer group, it's, it multiplies your sensitivity. And then we talk about in this training, we talk about how to create the environment that facilitates clear access to the blueprint for the next step. And uh, because the Spirit of the Lord wants to give to you greater clarity and confidence and agreement for your assignment. Because these these five, six steps that came out of that that training, man, I felt like, boom, this will work. There'll be different combinations of tumblers you turn in other places, but this is going to work for many people. Uh, And so, Father, I thank you right now that the gates of influence are calling. And I thank you that you are even causing a company to come around them. They're, They're finding their own companions. They're acts for Company, but when the pushback comes, when the backlash comes, and leadership always has a bit of a backlash, that you'll be able to resort to those that love you, understand you, and can support you in the power of agreement. I pray that the right voices are going to come into your life that will establish agreement for what the Father wants to do, and that uh, there'll be an uprooting of those thoughts and ideas that are operating or militating against God's highest and best, that the Lord will separate from you those like lot who are pulling you into strife and discord and establish you in the company of those that are going to help facilitate your access favor and wisdom is coming to you at an, an, an accelerated rate because god wants a love affair with those who will have a romance with the call of god on their life the calling is a romantic call it's a call of loving the bridegroom Obeying him and meeting him in the place where he has set up divine appointments And so I pray for that uh, the romance of the call in the name of Jesus America shall be saved you that are watching from other nations The battle here is the battle there and we're connected together and I'm praying for you also That together we're going to lock our shields because we travel around the world all these different countries Let's see you applying these ideas And let's work together to see what the Father's doing that I can help impart some gift to you to get it done. God bless you.
0: Thousands of leaders around the world attest to the lasting impact that their first encounter with Lance. If this is your first time to hear Lance, find out more about Lance at LanceWallNow.com or join with thousands of others by checking out his regular broadcast on Periscope and Facebook Live under Lance WallNow. Dr. Lance Warnow, director of the Lance Learning Group and leading teacher and strategist in the 7M mandate.
1: See, there's certain spheres, mountains we call them. These mountains are the uh, the high places that shape culture.
0: Lance is dedicated to helping Christians achieve preeminence in business, education, family, government, media, arts and entertainment, and religion.
1: What the Lord is showing me is, his kingdom is about to be proclaimed and established at a whole new level because the kingdom rules over all those people.
0: when you have something wrong with your child that you can't fix you feel very small and very weak
1: i was hit by a drunk driver I don't remember any of the specifics of my injuries or the accident. I just know stuff was taken care of, and I was able to focus on getting healed. Our medical bills have been
0: over a million dollars, and the members at MediShare have faithfully paid our bills. I think the thing that appeals to me most about MediShare is I'm not just a number. We are part of a family.
1: You're not only getting taken care of by a medical doctor, but you're also getting taken care of spiritually through the power of prayer. Learn how thousands of Christians
0: can help you save on your health care. For your free information guide, call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable, biblical health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. That's 844-74-BIBLE. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit KNELradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and Podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow The Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on The Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.